Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. coming an endless wave of invaders across our border from mexico into texas into new mexico arizona and california they come and they come and they come and because in after the north american free trade uh, agreement they actually fly into quebec and toronto and they're allowed in as part of NAFTA, and then they start working their way down to the American border along Vermont, New Hampshire, and New York State. And ladies and gentlemen, out of all the places that they can go where Catholic charities will rip off the taxpayers as they do each and every day by taking federal funds and standing at both borders and saying, where would you like to go? We'll put you on the Greyhound bus. You can pound the hound. We'll fly you wherever you want to go. We'll Amtrak you wherever you want to go. Thank you, not Catholic Charities and Cardinal Dolan. This is a racket. This is a syndicate that they have to bring more and more illegal aliens into the country so that they can fill the pews on the empty Catholic churches in the Archdiocese on Sundays. You go to the English-speaking masses. You can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through and just hit a bunch of widows who just lost their husbands, who are dressed all in black, who will go to Novena's on Monday, do the Stations of Cross, and then within a month, they won't return to church to even get the tablet, the uh, newspaper of the Archdiocese. No... They're in desperate need of parishioners because when you go to the Spanish-speaking masses in the same parishes, they're packed to the rafters. It's the only way to keep the Catholic Church alive in North America. Uh, thank you not, Cardinal Dolan, for that ripoff as they close uh, the Catholic schools in the Archdiocese, 12 of them. Instead of getting federal dollars for that and using uh, your extraordinary lobbying power... You continue to get money to bring illegal aliens in. And now they're pouring into the United States across both borders. And it's interesting because Twinkletoes Trudeau Jr. up uh, in uh, Ottawa, the capital of Canada, which has only 40 million people. I mean, think of it. Canada is larger in landmass than the United States. And it has the population of California. They can use a lot of illegals, a lot of illegals. And actually, when you look at their sanctuary benefits and how easy it is to get into Canada as opposed to the United States, they make it so much easier because they need the population. But still, with all that said and done, 
you have illegal aliens making their way to Canada and then working their way down, burrowing their way down and bum rushing across the borders, as I had mentioned, into New Hampshire, into Vermont, into upstate New York near Plattsburgh, and then just making a mad dash for Nueva New York where Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegals, is giving uh, giving them everything that he won't even give the taxpayers or those who are homeless or those who are emotionally disturbed or those who are veterans and down on their luck. So today, Joe Biden, who could be Trudeau Jr.'s grandfather, and no doubt knew Pierre Trudeau, Trudeau Jr.'s father, when he was at Studio 54 and wife-swapping there with Mick Jagger. Oh, yeah, you know, remember Bianca Jagger? Remember she was from Nicaragua? Remember Mrs. Trudeau, who would accompany her wife, Pierre, and between Pierre Trudeau Sr. and Mick Jagger, they would wife swap. Uh, in essence, Bianca Jagger would start shacking up with Pierre Trudeau, and uh, Mrs. Trudeau would shack up with Mick Jagger. Because, uh, as you know, Studio 54 back then was uh, like Caligula. It was like Plato's retreat in many uh, in many instances, decadence and debauchery and lots of cocaine everywhere. So Joe Biden uh, could be Trudeau Jr.'s uh, grandfather. And there's no doubt that Trudeau Jr. at this meeting will uh, curtsy, will bow, and will do a plie. Because they're having a agreement today that they are signing an accord that will allow Canada to turn back the illegals at Roxham Road. Slowly I turned, step by step. Macedonia, Phil, when did you first hear about the passage, Roxham Road passage from New York State outside of Plattsburgh into Canada, Quebec? You heard it here from yours truly first, February 2nd, Curtis Sliwa. And our Cracker Jack news uh, team with its news director, Noam Layden, and uh, James Flippin looked at me like, you're making this up. I said, no, this is an exclusive. Uh, as the illegal aliens were refusing to leave the Watson Hotel on Billionaires Row that we were paying for to put them up and go over to the cruise line center where they would be housed in a dormitory setting, a thousand bunks. Uh, they were being uh, told, hey, New York will instead send you up to Plattsburgh on the bus. And then uh, you go the 40 miles to Roxham Road and you tell the RCMP, Dudley Do-Right and his loyal steed, that you want to seek sanctuary in Canada. And so from just a trickle during the Trump years, there's 40,000 illegals who came up from New York City to Plattsburgh, to Burlington and Vermont, and made the mad dash across the Canadian border into Quebec, and their next stop was Montreal. So today it's a quid pro quo. Joe Biden is going to uh, allow Canada to turn back the illegal aliens who are going north of the border to get into Quebec at Roxham Road. They're going to shut that down. Canada agrees to take 15,000 illegals. And in order to stabilize Haiti, which anarchy prevails, the gangs run Port-au-Prince. I mean, it's outrageous. There is no government any longer. Canada is being asked to send in troops and stabilize Haiti because that will just cause more more Haitians to make the 90-mile trip through shark-infested waters in which uh, they'll go directly uh, 
to a port where a lot of the Haitian vessels dock, which is Riviera Beach in Palm Beach County. So Canada can turn back an illegal if they come through at an official port of entry. It is now allowing Canada to turn their back on illegals, which uh, what's in it for New York City? Well, think about it. New York City, right? We're housing illegal aliens now in 100 hotels that have been converted for them. It's going to cost us $4 billion. Let me just go back to the original hotel converted for that use. The old Milford Plaza. Remember that? Come on along. I'll take you to the lullaby of Broadway. Say a and ballyhoo. The lullaby of Broadway. And in the center of it all is the Milford Plaza. Stay at the Milford Plaza Hotel with cocktail dinner and breakfast for $43 per person. Discover why we are the lullaby of Broadway. The Milford Plaza is the lullaby of all Oh, that old advertisement, cocktails, dinner, breakfast, what, for like $49, $49.99? Well, Milford Plaza, when Chapter 11, it was renamed the Roe NYC Hotel. And in bankruptcy court, again, Eric Adams, swagger man, mayor of the illegals, said, I will lease 1,300 rooms there. That's the full Milford Plaza which used to be the place that people would go when they wanted to go to Broadway. No more. And then you heard the guy who worked there in the exclusive interviews that he gave to the Fox News channel talk about how, as he would go from floor to floor, uh, the Venezuelan illegals there, they'd be smoking weed. Where do they get the money for that? They'd be drinking Coronas and Bordellos. Where do they get the money for that? They were having sex in the stairways. And they were refusing to eat the food provided by us, the sucker taxpayers in New York City, saying that it didn't culturally fit the culinary needs that they had. So they threw it all away. 1,300 rooms. There's another 99 hotels that have been converted for the illegals. The most recent one, the tallest, tallest holiday inn in the world down on Rector Street in the shadow of the New York Stock Exchange, 600 rooms at $190 a night from the top floors. You can look out and see the Statue of Liberty in the New York City Harbor along with Ellis Island. And it's a red Chinese guy who, again, went to bankruptcy court in Wilmington, Delaware, and the federal judge said, hey, why don't you just go to the city? They're looking for rooms for the illegal aliens, and he did, and we bailed him out. We the sucker taxpayers paying for all of this. Oh, my God. Now, look at it. Let me give you a heads up. Just like I gave you a heads up back on February 2nd about Roxham Road and how so many of the illegal aliens were then working their way up to Plattsburgh. Thank you, Catholic Charities, for ripping off the federal tax dollars. Oh, what a racket. What a syndicate. This is now what's happening. You're hearing it first. That's why you got to listen. Uh, Monday through Fridays from 12 to 1, because I break more news here than any other program. Down the block from us here at WABC, we're on the Upper East Side. There are four, count them, four empty hotels. The W Tree has 600 rooms closed. The W, 700 rooms closed. The Marriott, 500 rooms closed. 
and the Waldorf is being worked on. It'll have 840 condos when completed, 1,500 rooms it originally had for hotel occupants. It'll still have some hotel occupancy, but it'll be split between condos and rooms, and it's owned by the Red Chinese. There is a plan underway at City Hall. They won't acknowledge this, but I'm telling you it's coming down the pipe where they're going to take the W tree at 600 rooms, the W at 700 rooms, the Marriott at 500 rooms, and convert it to housing the illegal aliens. At us, the sucker taxpayers' expense. We're not getting a nickel, dime, or penny from Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb in Albany. Uh, Eric Adams, who fancies himself as the Biden of Brooklyn, hasn't got a nickel, dime, or penny from Joe Biden, who in the debates, remember, against President Donald Trump at that time, stood on the stage and essentially said to uh, all of the illegals around the world, hey, come to the Mexican border. I'm your Papa Chulo. Who's your daddy? Come across when I'm president. We're going to welcome you all. And it's been that way ever since. And yesterday, you would think the biggest problem was TikTok, right? Yesterday, TikTok, right? Matt Stoneyfield, Lou, TikTok. I have a th- 110,000 followers on TikTok. DeSantis, who may soon declare himself for the presidency of the United States, only has 50,000. I think the only people who have more TikTok followers than me are the TikTok girls and the Kardashians, and that's because they flash us and ass at you, which is something I refuse to do. So Reginald Bowman who is uh, part of the squad, you know, he is so far to the left that he's in between what a socialist and a communist is. How he got elected up in Westchester and uh, in the northern Bronx is beyond me as he replaced Elliot Angle, remember, who sounded like he had constipation. Well, he was standing up defending TikTok yesterday in the well of the house. And inquiring minds want to know... How much yen did he get from Emperor Xi? We're going to be discussing that night when I take you from 12 midnight to the break of dawn. Should I or should I not give up my TikTok account? You can go on and look at it before they shut it down. I got 110,000 followers. What? What do I do with all of them? Talking about this is the Riffin Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the beast. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the yes. sound of the beast. Am I angry? I'm not angry, ladies and gentlemen. I am eplectic. When you hear this song by KRS-One, they call him the professor of rap. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, claimed that when he was taking the test to be a house mouse in the NYPD because he wasn't an active cop, he was just hiding from precinct to precinct while going up the ranks taking civil service. That he used to listen to this while studying. KRS One, yes. The future speaker of the House of Representatives, Hakeem Jeffries, said, Oh, yeah, man, I used to listen to KRS One all the time. His theme song is The Sound of the Beast, The Sound of the Police. So you think 
the police are going to be treated fairly by either Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Remember who said, I took it to those crackers in the police department, man. I had those crackers. Imagine if I was running against him, I dropped the N-bomb. It would be over. But he can call cops crackers. And Hakeem Jeffries, oh, man. But let's deal with the five boroughs and what to me is shocking. Shocking, ladies and gentlemen. Lou, enough of this rap crap with KRS-One. We'll kick him out of school. Maybe kick him out of Adelphi out in Nashville County. Isn't that where Chuck D of uh, Public Enemy and Flavor Flav went? Yeah, yeah, they came out of the hood. How did they afford going to Adelphi? It didn't come from the hood. But it causes me to digress. I am looking at this report that is authored by the city councilwoman. She's a Democrat. Camelia Hanks from the North Shore of Staten Island. She should take uh, the old police uh, batons that they removed from the police departments, the old billy clubs, and impale herself. She is talking about how she wants to shrink further this year an additional 1,786 uniformed police officers from the ranks of the NYPD. Ladies and gentlemen, if that occurs, New York City will have the smallest number of uniformed police staffing our city than at any time in the last 50 years. Her name is on this document. And the speaker, Adams, no relationship to Eric Adams, But she also went to Bayside High School, like uh, Eric Adams, is also a proponent of this. So if you go into the City Council of New York, the vast majority, and that includes Camila Harrod, Hanks of the North Shore of Staten Island, wants to deplete the police department, the NYPD, even more and more and more. It's not just defund the police. Remember, Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, and his lapdog commissioner, Dermot Shea, remember? (laughs) Yes, boss. Took a billion dollars out of the police budget, never put it back. Eric Adams has been chipping away at it. And now Camilla Harris. Hanks, I'm sorry. Keep calling her like Vice President Harris. (laughs) She's probably giggling when she wrote this report like Vice President Harris. (laughs) I'll get you, police, if it's the last thing I do. It's calling for the reduction of an additional 1,786 uniformed officers from the NYPD. Again, I can't say it enough. We will then have the smallest number of uniformed police staffing our city than at any time in the last 50 years. And then I say to the residents of Staten Island, are we running a candidate against Camila Hanks, are we running a candidate? Republicans, are we running a candidate? No, no. What? What's Staten Island? It's like the only red borough. Why Why are we not running a good candidate against Camelia Hanks? She just indicated she wants to reduce the police department by about 2,000. Her name is on this report, along with the speaker who hates cops. Oh, no, no, we're not running. We're not running. We're really. And then I look to these unbelievable stats. I know per capita per person, more people listen on Staten Island in the five boroughs than anywhere else. 
Staten Island has had the largest surge in major crime this year, 14% compared to the last same time last year. Burglaries on Staten Island have soared 81%. Robberies, 93%. Felony assaults have climbed 29%. They're stealing catalytic converters as soon as you park your car. They climb underneath, and within two, three minutes, gone. They're stealing cars out of driveways, parking lots. They're going up to Toad Hill and every other community and stealing the cars and driving them across the Outer Bridge Crossing right into the containers, and then they're being put into the belly of uh, ships that are taking them to Eastern Europe and to the Middle East for sale, still with the New York license plates on it, or they're being taken to chop shops uh, across uh, the bridge, the outer bridge crossing in Newark. This is going on, an incredible rise in crime. And let me tell you, Mid-Island, that many of you are listening from, the 122nd Precinct, crime is up 54%. 54%. And in the North Shore, the 120th Precinct, right there on Bay Street, across from Ferry Hawk Stadium, where I've been too many times, crime is up 34%. And you say, what? We're not running a candidate against Camilla Hanks, the Democrat, in the North Shore? One term? No legacy? Nobody likes this woman. What the hell is going on? And I say, what about the D.A. McMahon, the ambulance chaser? He's the district attorney. The Democrat crime is skyrocketing all over Staten Island, North Shore, Mid-Island, South Shore. Republicans are not going to run a candidate against McMahon? I mean, I was looking at it. He held a press conference last week to denounce violence. Wow, denouncing violence. <laughs> Boy, that took a lot of coolionis. And demand school safety in the wake of shots fired on the grounds of PS78 in Stapleton. And then he said something that the press and nobody else contradicted, which is mind-boggling. This is uh, McMahon, the DA. Although Staten Island continues to be the safest community of 500,000 people in the entire nation. Are you crazy in the entire nation? Hey, man, come on. You want to go to Utah? They've got communities there of a million. They don't have anywhere near the crime of Staten Island. And you let them get away with this? And then I turn to my fellow Republicans and I say, well, we couldn't run a candidate against them? And they say, no. Well, that's why we're opening up a Ronald Reagan Republican club on the north shore of Staten Island. This cannot be tolerated. And I had two, two conversations with two of my best guardian angels for all time. Thomas Tunhund, who's in Chicago leading our effort, grew up in Park Hill, went to Curtis High School. I told him, hey, that was named after me. He got a good belly left. Uh, and then uh, John Unique Ayala, who grew up in the Stapleton Housing Projects, and he Moved down to Washington, D.C., and he runs our D.C. chapter there. And I told him the same thing because he went to Curtis High School. Hey, it's named after me. <laughs> and they were telling me how their neighbors and some of their family members who still live there, like under siege, they say it's never been worse. Uh, Unique, please come back to Stapleton. Tut, please come back to Park Hill. And then there's West Brighton. And then there's Jersey Street. And then there's Mariners Harbor. I tell you what. A week from now, I'm going to be living on Staten Island. Lou, uh, Macedonian, Phil, I may even take the week off, which is something that I never do. I am so eclectic. I am so angry. 
I am going to get a candidate in the North Shore, a Republican candidate. We're going to run it against this woman, Camelia Hanks, the Democrat there, who has authored a report that talks about eliminating 2,000 cops, which would put us at the lowest rate of policing in 50 years. And we're not running a Republican. Is this maddening? Well, guess who's coming to dinner out in Staten Island? You know, maybe it's start there right on Highland Boulevard. Go from diner to diner. <laughs> and then in the heart of the hood, Stapleton and Park Hill, West Brighton, Jersey Street, Mariners Harbor. I'm coming. I'm getting signatures. I'm going to qualify a Republican to run for that North Shore seat so we can get rid of this enemy of the police, the Councilwoman Camilla Hanks. And then, to add insult to injury, While up in the Bronx, which is where I started the Guardian Angels in February of 1979, February 13th. You heard originally James Flippin announce it is my birthday on Sunday. I'll be 69. Whoever thought I'd make it a 69. And none of you psychosexual freaks start talking to me about what 69 means. But I started the Guardian Angels uh, February 13th. 1979, we're now in 13 countries, 130 cities, because there are people who dare to care all over the world. All it takes is one one man or one woman to make a difference. That's what I really believe. And you may have uh, seen what the mayor did. Uh, he was up in the Bronx to learn about rat mitigation, four-legged rats. Remember, I'm the biggest two-legged rat in the city. In the country, I eat more Parmesan cheese, rapping, uh, rat now mobsters and crooked officials than anybody else. But the mayor said, Curtis Lee will, will never be the rat star. He said, I have a rat star in mind. It's a woman, but I'm not going to tell you who it is at this point. Isn't that like Joe Biden when he said, I have a, a woman in mind for vice president, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. Remember Giggles, uh, vice president Harris? <laughs> That's what we got. And this is a mayor who's afraid of rats. He's afraid of rats. He hasn't done anything for four months. I hate rats. 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 I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. I hate rats. Let me tell you how scared I am of rats. The rats may be listening. I'm terrified of rats. All of you are scared of rats, too. I had a real rat infestation. Rats are everywhere. We were feeding rats. Those rats use it as perfume. Trust me, you got rats. We were creating an environment where rats felt comfortable. See one scurrying down the block. We want to get rid of rats. We're going to kill rats. Kill some rats. Killing rats. Called me a murderer because I was killing rats. Kill rats. And you see a rat and say, okay, you guys failed. The guy blackmailed me. He said, I know you're scared of rats. Rats do not run the city. Rats don't run our city. You can be the rats off. Fighting crime, fighting inequality and fighting rats fighting rats if you're not scared of rats you are you are really you're my hero i'm not scared of rats so i should have been the mayor's hero he announced on december 7th that he was looking for a rat star by january 7th i said oof there's rats everywhere all day long all day at night they they rule the night in new york city so i volunteered my services had no pay and I would be the PM Ratsar because I realized for the bureaucracy you needed somebody to be at City Hall 9 to 5 to shuffle paperwork and get paper cuts. You know, that's their, their battle wounds. But the rats are out from 10 at night to 6 in the morning. That's when they play. That's when you need the feral cats out there and the owls, as we learned with Flacco, because they are the natural predators of the rats. 
You can do it by Mother Nature's means. You will never beat the rats. They have been around since the beginning of time. And if Putin would have ever dropped a big one over the Empire State Building, we would melt out and the rats would survive. Okay? You, you expect daytime. So here it is, four months later, and he still hasn't announced who this rat czar is. It's now a czarina, a female. Oh, we don't know what her credentials will be, but I guarantee you she's going to be sitting on a tuchus at City Hall, filing paperwork, and I will continue to be serving the city of New York as the self-appointed rat czar at night. Because I'm telling you, I will continue to rat out and eat the Parmesan cheese Mobsters choking on their lobsters and crooked elected and appointed officials, as I've always done. And I will continue to try to keep the rats at bay. They rule the night. But we got to take the day away from them. Spectacular! Now, here's the Sid Wrap-Up. Boy! Say it ain't so, say it ain't so... Sid took me off the shelf from my suspension earlier this morning. I was on at 640. And I heard the promos and I saw the full page ad in the New York Post saying that Andrew Ivalice Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, would be on these very airwaves tonight from 8 to 9, talking to all of you, taking calls, acting like a talk show host. In fact, I was listening further when I was finished with Sid. And this is what he had to say since he knew more of the intricate inside details about Andrew Cuomo's ascension into the studios from the bowels of hell here at WABC. Earlier this morning, John Katsimatidis joined me at 7 o'clock. And later on tonight on this station, they're giving an hour of talk to Andrew Cuomo. Now, I think Andrew Cuomo is the biggest scumbag I've ever created. You may like him. I don't know. He's Italian, blah, blah, blah. He's responsible for 18,000 deaths here in New York City. He's an arrogant prick. I can't stand him. But I'm okay with him being on the air because I want to hear the next lie this guy's got to say. And I, I believe that everybody has a right to speak. And the beauty about this station is whether it's a Democrat, Mayor Eric Adams on with me, or Cuomo on tonight, we allow everybody to speak. It's far more diplomatic than I am. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, going back to my mentor, Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, I have been at war with the Cuomos. They are the sixth family of organized crime. We have the Lucchese's, the Bananos, the Columbo's, the Genovese, and my enemy of all enemies, the Gambinos. But the Cuomos are the most dangerous of all. They are out there now, hunkered down in their compound in the South Shore, the East End. They can hear this uh, crystal clear on WLIRRFM affiliate. And Andrew is sitting there and listening intently as he always does. Right, Andrew? Right? You worked your way here into the studios at WABC. This consigliere, peacetime consigliere, is uh, Fredo, you know, with the muscle between both uh, ears. Chris Cuomo, pretty boy. And his wartime consigliere, who just got out of federal prison for political corruption, Joe Pococo, is standing at the ready with his Louisville sluggers. 
that he has uh, in the back of his GTO muscle car. So now we've gone full cycle. At one point, Bob Grant, the king of all talk radio, was friends with Mario Cuomo when he was an up-and-coming lawyer in Corona, right near Spaghetti Park, Corona Lemon Ice King, and uh, Parkside. And he made his bones, and he worked his way up, and Bob Grant had nothing but positive things to say about Mario Cuomo. And then Mario, as he was apt to do, turned... uh, on his friends and turn them into foes like Bob Grant, which is a mistake. And Bob Grant coined the phrase, Mario Faccia Bruta Como. Hey, Mario, ascendeme, tu si uprovienos facin. And he is. And then, uh, in wake of the death of the king of talk radio, Bob Grant, I inherited uh, the phrase, the phraseology. And I applied it to his... Uh, son, Andrew, would never refer to his uh, dad or father in that way. He would always say, Mario, totally disrespectful. I can never imagine calling my father Chester. He'd hit me so hard my mother would feel the vibrations. But then I coined that phrase, Andrew evilized Como, King Como the second, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Como, King Como the first. Hey, Andrew! And just like your father, Mario, you are. Tonight, he'll be on for an hour live, taking your calls. I have no idea where this is going. But I got to tell you, Bob Grant, the king of all talk radio, is turning in his grave. 